reading is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, or falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Good. Thank you, Anne, very much indeed. So last week we considered the story of the transfiguration and the words of Almighty God spoken from the cloud on the top of the mountain, this is my own son, listen to him. And so in our noisy world, we have this theme at the moment of listening to Jesus, listening to Jesus. And today we join a crowd listening to Jesus. They're sitting on a hillside close to the Sea of Galilee. And because this passage is called the Beatitudes, the hillside where it is thought that this happened is now called the Mount of Beatitudes. And does it surprise you that on the top of the hill there is a church building? Because there are always church buildings in the land of Israel uh, where things happened. And this is the building which is on the top of the hillside of Galilee, which is known as the Mount of Beatitudes. And it's actually a very beautiful place. It's a wonderful area just to wander around and to reflect and remember something about the teaching of Jesus in those words that we've just read and some of his many other sayings. And our reading included eight sayings of Jesus. And in a way, they belong together. They form a progression. Here is a description, a pathway to deep blessing. These are sayings that take us to the place of well-being in the presence of God. Where from the fullness of life that we have in Jesus, we're able to share and be a blessing to other people. It's not just about receiving blessing, it's also about sharing blessing. And when we talked about this series in the preaching forum, I was especially grateful for the comment that God's presence is so much more than a comfort blanket. It's not just God wrapping his arms around you and saying, there is blessing to be found. These words are not given to make us comfortable, but to make us effective. To make us strong and effective in his kingdom. They have a purposeful order. They take us on a journey. And that's a journey that we're going to follow in the coming weeks. In between some of the other events that we've got, they're also coming in the coming weeks and, and very exciting. So it's a bit of an intermittent series. But these words speak constantly into my life. I'm so excited to be able to share with you some of these 
Beatitudes, and others will be speaking on some of the other sayings. And their words to a community of believers. The disciples heard them as a group, and we hear them as a church. And if we can really grasp what these words are saying, then there will not only be a blessing into each of our lives, but the whole church community will take a different turn because we're truly living out what Jesus is saying here. So we've got to listen to Jesus. In this noisy world this morning, we've got to listen to Jesus and what he's saying. And he's saying something about blessing. Happiness is a feeling. Blessing is a gift. When we truly hear and apply these words of Jesus, we receive the gift of blessing, which in turn may well bring happiness and much more. It will bring fruitfulness. It will bring purpose to our own lives and through us into the lives of others. There is a gift here that needs to be received, the gift of blessing. So what does this first beatitude say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Very simply, first of all, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? And I think we need to use some negatives before we answer with the positives. It doesn't mean physical poverty. Jesus did have a very special concern for the poor, and he does today. But the gospel is as much for the rich as for the poor. God's love is to everyone. And here, Matthew, Jesus is drawing attention to something other than physical poverty. It doesn't mean emotional poverty. Jesus is not asking us to be diffident or nervous, to be shy or retiring, to be weak or lacking in courage. There is no blessing through suppressing the God-given personality that he's given to you, trying to be someone that you're not. You don't have to change your name. You don't have to hide your character. You don't have to squeeze into a corner to know God's blessing. Not at all. It's nothing to do with physical poverty. It's nothing to do with emotional poverty. The positive heart of this phrase is, of course, that it means a spiritual poverty in the presence of God. You see, if I were to tap away on my computer with two fingers, and then an expert in computing was to come alongside and move around my programs, I would very quickly know that I'm a total beginner and there's an awful lot about that technology that I really don't understand. If I were to sit down and play the piano and then a great composer and a famous pianist would come alongside and sit and play, I would know straight away that I am a total beginner and feel like nothing. If you are drawn alongside the presence of God, how do you feel this morning? Isaiah 57, 15. The Lord says, I am a high and holy God who lives forever. I live in a high and holy place, but I also live with people who are humble and repentant so that I can restore their confidence and hope. The poor in spirit 
are those who come into the presence of God and feel utterly empty because you are standing alongside such a great, mighty, wonderful, loving, generous, gracious, powerful, beautiful God. And alongside him, you feel spiritually poor. But you come alongside in order that you might be filled with Christ himself. Like Moses, who removed his shoes at the burning bush. Like David, who said to God, who am I that you should come to me? Like Isaiah in the temple, who said, woe to me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. It was the reformer John Calvin who wrote, he only who is reduced to nothing in himself and relies on the mercy of God is poor in spirit. So blessed, said Jesus, are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who come and recognize your spiritual poverty in the sight of God. And what's the consequence of that coming? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. All that God has for his people is entrusted to those who come with spiritual poverty. If you come to God and tell him that you're the best person on the face of the earth, that you are the finest example of human creation, don't be surprised if he sends you away empty-handed. But if you come before God and feel deeply an unworthiness, a spiritual poverty, then don't be surprised if you find blessings beyond what you dreamt was possible. Because spiritual poverty leads to spiritual blessing. The greatest are yet to come in the future. But the kingdom of heaven has already touched this world on earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of God is being expressed increasingly through his people today in the church and beyond it. And through his Holy Spirit, we share spiritual blessings now. And God is able to make a difference to you now. His gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know the passage that speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. All those qualities that emerge as the Holy Spirit takes control. That deep partnership with one another in the family of God. Tina and Meg were talking about church as family in Grace Church. It's harder for us in a larger congregation to create that sense of intimate family. But it's so, so important. And it's nothing to do with size. It's all to do with relationships. And God is able to create that. So that we become something of an expression of the kingdom of heaven. And great hope for the future. The future here in this world and the future belong beyond. And both are in the hands of God. And both are equally important. A whole new way of living that radiates Jesus. And a unique contentment in our restless society. In this noisy world. The capacity to listen to Jesus to draw strength 
from being in the presence of Jesus. These are the blessings of the kingdom of heaven for now. For you and me as we come in our poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So how do these words affect us now? They affect the way that you come to Jesus today. And this is so important. Jesus told of two men who went to the temple to pray. And one was absolutely full of himself. He said, God, I thank you. I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Some of you would remember this story. A self-centered Pharisee telling God all about how good he was. And then the other was crying out for God. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. That was the person who went home right with God. That was the person whose heart was touched. That was the person whose life was changed because he came to God in a poverty of spirit. This morning, I wonder, are you exploring faith and wondering how you really come to Jesus? This is how you come. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You come in a spiritual poverty and humility. This morning, do you love the Lord a little, but you long to love him more? This is how you come. In a poverty of spirit. Coming alongside the one who has all the resources of heaven and earth. And who wants to bring to you that life and love that comes from him. This morning, do you long to know God better? To feel the strength of his hand, to know the wisdom of his heart, to live in the strength of his spirit. This is how you come. You come in poverty, you come in weakness, you come in humility. And God will hear and answer your prayer. And the gift of blessing will be yours. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the love that I found in you. Lord, I come to you. I've come to know that the weaknesses in me will be stripped away by the power of your love. Hold me close. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. Bring me near. Draw me to your side. And as I wait, I'll rise up as an eagle. I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on by the power of your love. Hungry, I come to you, for I know that you can satisfy. I'm empty, but I know your love does not run dry. Broken, I run for you, for your arms are open wide. 
I'm weary. But I know your touch restores my life. And so I wait for you. I'm falling on my knees. I'm offering all of me. Jesus, your heart is all I'm living for. In a moment, we're going to come and share in bread and wine. If you come to this moment full of yourself, or if you come to this moment with your mind totally occupied by other things, don't be surprised if nothing happens. But if you come to this moment in a true poverty of spirit, crying out to God, and recognizing his love for you, then the simple eating and drinking will make a huge difference because God is here. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven.